Welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Graham. I met Graham on the Duckfeed Slack. He's a delightful person who has played all of the Souls games, so we get to talk about Demons, Dark, Dark 1, excuse me, Dark 2, Dark 3, and of course, a lot of Bloodborne love. Remember, as always, if you'd like to come onto the show, um, send me an email to dguspodcast at gmail.com or send me a DM, dguspodcast on Twitter. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. started with the demon soul series right is that what I remember yeah i started with demon souls uh it was the summer of 2011 and i finally decided to like get a ps3 okay and when i asked my friends for recommendations because i kind of bought it on the spot and i bought like two games that are kind of uh, okay i asked for some games with some real meat and i re- get recommended two games i get recommended demon souls Another game named it near. <laughs> Those are now, two great games. <laughs> yeah, it's a great way to uh, start off my uh, PS3 console. But let me ask you when a question: Like home, the, the intro for both of those games are really fantastic. Like the Demon Souls <laughs> yeah. intro is like super interesting and cool, like with the, the dragon thing. And then um, the intro for Near is just like that dude cursing at you. Like, which one did you like more? Uh, <laughs> oh, I definitely like just like Laura Bailey yelling at me, just saying like Vice, you dumb. <laughs> just oh man, that that's that's just so much personality in that game. Oh yeah, yeah, Nier is great. Uh, I'm pretty excited about the sequel, even though that's not the same company doing it. So. Yeah, well, I hope it still has like the personality, but just has like more, you know, better gameplay from Platinum. Sure. Yeah. So that was your yeah. so when you so that those were your recommendations, and then you um you came home. Which one did you pop in the PS3 first? Uh, that was Demon Souls. Good choice. And okay, going into it, I knew that it like it, what kind of game it was. I'm thinking, okay, it's a Japanese RPG. I like Japanese RPGs. I like my Dragon Quest. I like my Final Fantasy. I'm gonna enjoy this game. And looking a little bit further, I realized, oh, it's an action RPG. Well, I like action RPGs like Diablo and Legend of Zelda. I'm gonna like this game. Of course. Uh, Demon Souls, not very close to those games. Uh, I was uh, when I started playing it, I right away I kind of I had a respect for it, but I did not like it because I do not like most Western fantasy or Western stylized fantasy because um, it's just never been my thing. That sort of like medieval Europe. Dragons, dragons, castles, big swords, yeah. little swords, plate yeah, armor, that kind of thing. Now, yeah, the horror tinge of Demon Souls did kind of, uh, it kind of like was okay for me. It made it a little bit easier to get like for it to go down. But in the end, I actually uh, quit the game before I finished the tutorial. I just wasn't interested in playing it at the time. And I had this other game that I wanted to check out, so I played Nier. Fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I bounced off of it pretty hard, obviously. <laughs> and I kind of... 
and I kind of kept on uh, bouncing off of it. I think I only played it like a couple times over the week but when I got it. Just like playing a like, little bit, probably dying, then uh, going back, then turning off. Uh, I think even one time, I turn on the game. I'm in the Nexus, and I don't, and I forget, and I forgot how to like uh, go to like Boletaria Palace. So I'm walking around like the Nexus for ten minutes, and then I turn it off again. I don't even play really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because uh, if you if you start it up and then walk away from it, like it can be pretty intimidating to get try to go back into it without that first tutorial area. Like if you're not used yeah, to those style of games, definitely. So, like obviously with near there and playing near, that's a lot more appealing because like it's just a faster paced game. It has a lot more like uh, it's just brasher and really, I think just a lot more accessible. So, like, when I first get those two games, I'm playing more of Nier and less of the Souls. I'm only fiddling around Demon Souls every once in a while. I think I even bought a couple other games before uh, as I, you know, poked away at Demon Souls. Yeah. So, uh, as I'm slowly chipping away at Demon Souls, I recognize that it's a hard game, but it's not like I... I've played hard games in the past, and I've beaten them. So as I'm progressing through the first part of Bullet Tower at Palace, I'm kind of off-put, and I'm not really loving it, but at the same time, it's getting its claws into me. Like, that combat, that like uh, very physical, very intense combat, it's kind of addicting in a way. I really enjoyed it, even if other aspects of the game were, you know, abrasive to me uh so we were like you had you said that your friends recommended this to you were you going back to them and saying like i don't understand how to do this or how to do that like are they helping you out at all or are you just going in kind of like i'm going to do this myself with with no help i don't think i actually talked to my friends about it though because uh i don't know maybe maybe because i was playing it so little i didn't have much to talk about I kind of just took their uh, recommendation and rolled with it. I really did not look for help or anything. Okay. Now, at the end of uh, Boletaria Palace, like World 1-1, you fight the Phalanx, and that was like actually a pretty cool battle because I think I did it in one shot. I think I just uh, beat it in one go. It's not really a hard boss, but it was really cool that like I was able to beat it, you know, my first go around. Yeah, for your first, like, your first quote-unquote real Souls boss, because you'd gone through the tutorial boss, which is just an instant death. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah. for your actual first boss, like, that, that's good that if you did it on the first time. Did you, like, see the signs on the ground that said try fire, and you were trying to use, like, bombs or anything? Uh, fire Actually, bombs? Uh, this is something that's going to come up a lot. For a good portion of my uh, time with my PS3, I did not have internet access for it. Interesting. Okay, so you were playing so offline. There are no hints. There's no like uh, summoning. It's just me and the game. And well, regardless of getting no hints, I beat it in the first uh, try. Actually, I remember I was eating supper at the time, and I quickly ducked behind a pillar to like cut into some pork loin because I was I needed to refuel. And. uh yeah, so that set me up. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of anybody eating like pork loin while they're trying to play a Souls game. That's great. 
Well, I didn't know any better. <laughs> do you have that's... Do you have like a couple of extra hands? I don't even know how it would begin to do that. <laughs> oh, just put down the controller for a quick second and, uh, you know. Catch you off a slice. <laughs> yeah. Like the Phalanx guys, they took a while to get to me. They're slow. They, they, they do move pretty slow. And you move pretty quick in Demon's Souls, so it helps. Yeah. So that set me up for a lot of misplaced confidence beating that boss on the first try. Like, I remember beating it and feeling like, oh, yeah, I can do this. I can beat this game. And I quickly uh, had a rude awakening because uh, after that, Bulletaria went too. You got that, you got that long bridge, that long, like, uh, I don't know what you call them. I mean, it's a, it's, a, long... it's like a bridge with the, uh, like, some scaffolding or, like, tunnels underneath it. Like, it's a... yeah. Or maybe it's like a, a rampart. Wall. Yeah, like it's a. I don't know what the, a rampart. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a. I think that's the appropriate word. Yeah, and dragon comes down. He burns everything. I die. And I'm like, uh oh, this game's gonna get hard again, isn't it? And uh, I think at that point, uh, other worlds open up. So I'm trying out like the uh, was it the mine mm-hmm. stonefang tunnel, and I'm trying out. Uh, the Shrine of Storms, Tower Latria, and I'm just getting my butt handed to me uh, every way, <laughs> every way I can. So once again, I bounce off of it. I quit the game, and I don't think I pick it up for a little while. Now, um, I told you I got this game in the summer of 2011. Yep. Dark Souls was actually just around the corner at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Like I remember just sitting down and watch and watching TV, and there's this like uh, video game show, and they're reviewing Dark Souls. I'm thinking, oh yeah, I need to beat that Demon Souls game sometime. I should probably get around to it. So like, just uh, the scale of time is that Dark Souls was released uh, during my time at Demon Souls. Okay. So, were you? I mean, were you? Like, did you see Dark Souls? And like, I know you don't have much of an affinity for that, like that Western fantasy stuff. Did it? All it did was inspire you to go back to Demon Souls, or were you like, yeah. "I want to go play this new, fresh thing, and maybe that's a lot better than this this old thing that I got recommended." No, I wasn't too eager to like play Dark Souls because I kind of figured it'd be like the same experience. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I bounced off of Demon Souls once again, but I came back to it later, and that's when like I really got the Dark Souls experience because I remember just like having so much trouble with this game every way. It was really hard. I didn't feel like I was making really any progress. And it, it felt suffocating in a way. I, like, I described the experience as falling uphill. Because mm-hmm. although I am making progress, I'm doing so much failing along the way. And it's just, uh, it took a while before I'd really feel comfortable again. Sure. I think I can, I can see that. Like, I remember, I think after that, I beat the Spider and Stonefang Tunnel. And, like, the second part of Stonefang Tunnel was just, like, a huge difficulty point for me because I found that part just so difficult. I I really, uh, it was just so overwhelming. I mean, that's but, a, it's a huge area, like, with those weird tunnels and everything that, like, seemingly crisscross back and forth each other. Like, it's so easy to get lost. And then there's some yeah. real, like, choke points when it comes to enemies. And if you die, like, if you get all the way out to the bottom where the lava is and then you die, like, it, it feels like you have lost the world. 
yeah, it, 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 it's, it's so rough. It's it's a, it's a harsh harsh level. Yeah, and that's like really where like the difficulty of this game comes from because like in any game where you can do so much and then risk having to do it all over again, that's like really to me the most intense kind of difficulty because like failing something and uh, just having to like spend time doing it again is like such a punishment that can really can really crush your soul when you're playing video games absolutely now uh eventually i did conquer stonefang 2 to a flame lurker like the spider and pretty much every other boss in demon souls was just like oh my god how am i ever gonna beat this boss i feel so like uh powerless and uh like it really comes down to me just feeling like i can't do it and uh but eventually i did beat flame lurker and uh a brief moment of inspiration is like having the next boss be right after like the bonfire or whatever they're called in demon souls i don't remember what the checkpoints are called um archstones right Oh yeah, archstones. Yeah, mm-hmm. having like the archstone right in front of the boss was just like, okay, thank you. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, that's that's a that's a, a welcome sense of relief after Flame Lurker. Like after that whole area, like which has been, it was just kind of a grind. Uh, especially if you don't find oh, the shortcut. Yeah. Did you did you find the shortcut to Flame Lurker? Nope, I don't think I found the shortcut for Ouch. that one. Yeah, that's so rough. that's like every time I wanted to go fight Flame Lurker, I had to go through like a good, like at least like ten minutes of gameplay. Or maybe I'm overshooting that, but a long time. Uh, now, Dragon God, I kind of liked the change of pace. Like, he's not a great boss fight, but the fact that he's like kind of a puzzle boss was definitely very interesting for me. I And he was a lot easier, too, of course. And, uh, you know, it was just so uh, inspiring and confidence-building when I beat... Uh, dragon god because like having like getting that special like uh demon souls message that you like beat a world was uh it was just like really inspiring and i thought and i believed for the first time that i could do it i could beat this demon souls game even though like i've had so much problem like trouble trying to do tower latria not getting a lot of progress trying to do uh shrine of storms I felt like it was possible for me to do it. Um, this is like, this begins, uh, I think, uh, I think at this point I stopped bouncing off of Demon Souls and I started playing it more consistently. Like it was the game I would play when I get home from work and just want to like relax for a couple hours. It was my main game. Mm-hmm. What you would go to to kind of decompress. Yeah. At this it point, was, like, uh, are just, you um, like, are you looking at a build guide? Like, or do do you know what you what what you were putting points into? What kind of weapons you were using? Or were you just trying to figure out like what any of that stuff meant on the screen? Because the inventory system in in Demon Souls can be pretty confusing the first time you see it. Yeah, uh, I actually did not use a guide. I just didn't. I kind of, like I don't know why at the time. I decide not to use a guide, but that's just something that I kind of like swore not to do. And I would continue to do that uh, through all the Souls games. 
which is not a tradition I carried in many other games. Like outside the Souls, uh, the Souls series, I do check guides most of the time. The only exception is uh, the Metroidvania game La Mulana, which I did beat without using a guide. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. I'm confident I can beat this game, but it's still throwing like all this difficulty and challenge at me everywhere everywhere it can. Um, I like I remember just having a lot of trouble with pretty much every area. I never felt like I was uh, steamrolling the place or doing a pretty good job, except for like a couple bosses in the. Valley Defilement. I think the first uh, two bosses of the of that place are actually pretty easy. It's just like the lead up to those bosses is so challenging, especially yeah. Valley Defilement number two, the second part <laughs> of Valley Defilement. Oh, I'm pretty man. sure that was the last uh, the last place I beat because that like swamp at the bottom of the Valley Defilement. Oh my god, it's just like everything that makes you feel uncomfortable and uh, just weak all within one single video game location. <laughs> it's it's a miserable place to be, like, even if you're not in the swamp, like, just, even just, like, hanging out on those, at the top. Like, yeah, those rafters, you yeah, get attacked yeah. by those mosquitoes. The weird giant beating heart that you're, like, slowly killing, like, it's just, it's just a horrible place to be, no matter, no matter where yeah. you are on that level. Are you are you digging it at this point? Like, are you are you kind of into it? Like, as the game? Oh yeah, at this over? point, like, like after uh, after uh, Dragon God, I started like I really got the game. I understood it. I I wanted it, and like uh, even though initially I did not care for like the Western fantasy uh, setting, I started to get really interested in the lore and like uh, the the architecture and the aesthetic. Uh, that doesn't usually happen with that like very serious western fantasy but uh it won me over it i think it happened to me with the witcher as well that's a series that like going in i didn't really feel uh, a lot of excitement for it and i ended up really enjoying it so what was your like you obviously played through the the entirety of, of demon souls and like at the end of it do you, you kind of have an idea of how long you spent in the game total before you decided oh, to, to shoot. call it? Uh, I have no idea. I do know that it <laughs> took me like a long time of bouncing off of it, but if I had to guess, I'd say about like 70 hours wow. around there. Yeah, yeah that's, like, that's a good uh, amount of time. What did you do afterwards? Yeah. Like, did you, at, at that point, you were like, okay, I'm going to go into New Game Plus, or were you like, I'm going to go read up about this game and see a bunch of stuff that I missed? Or like, what was your, what was your first thing to do after you finished the game? Uh, I don't think I did any New Game Plus. Uh, I didn't really read... I, li- I read up a little bit about it, but not a whole lot. I, it took me a little while, too, to like move on to Dark Souls 1, but I eventually got there. Uh, I can't even really remember my build of the, f- like the first time I played. I think I used like a halberd with some faith miracles. I think I might have used like a uh, falchion, too, mm-hmm. a falchion sword. But like, uh, I was really just playing it like uh, by ear when I first uh, tried it because I didn't really understand the systems yet. 
and I was just picking up swords and weapons and saying, oh, that looks cool, I'll use that. Yeah, like, uh, a, we had a, a guest on this podcast named Catherine, and she said that um, her first time through was, she she was a jackass of all trades. <laughs> 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 and I think that's a pretty good description for, like, everybody in their in, in their first Souls game, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, and I took a lot of really good memories uh, from Demon Souls. Even though I think Dark Souls uh, is a better game, I think that, like, uh, Demon's Souls, for me, had more of an impact. Definitely because, oh, like, maybe because it was my first game, but it could also be, like, I think the bosses in Demon's Souls are better than the bosses in all the other Souls games. Um, I remember, and I, I remember just being a lot more scared mm-hmm. playing Demon's Souls than with, uh, any other game, especially uh, in the Tower of Latria. Oh, my God. Um, there's this merchant in Tower Latria that's singing idly yeah. to herself. Yeah. That scared the hell out of me. <laughs> I yeah, hadn't been scared uh... like that by a video game in years. I was like, expecting like find something absolutely horrifying, but no, it's just some lady singing to herself. Hey, you want to buy some stuff? Yeah, the, uh, the, the singing chick and then the guy that... Um constantly screams and because he's in the thing there's such a creepy, oh, yeah. weird thing um yeah. it's also pretty creepy when you find those like uh jars with the heads popping out of them because people are like inside the jars the like the mm-hmm. yeah that that's just really uh horrifying imagery i really like it it's 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 not great <laughs> you're absolutely yeah. right it's, it's not a good it's not a happy place to be at all well, speaking of happy, it's kind of funny, but like looking back on the Demon's Souls, the only, uh, the only really bit of comedy that game has is Sparkly the Crow. I remember just like uh, venturing through Shrine of Storms, uh, Storms, exploring, and all of a sudden I hear this like hoo hoo, like uh, Lady Crow speaking to me. I'm like, am I being? What the hell is that? Eventually, I figured out how like work that crow boast. So interesting to me that in this very self-serious dark fantasy game there's just a little bit of comic relief with this crow <laughs> and yeah the games get progressively funnier as they go along yeah like definitely by the, i by the I time you get to dark souls 2 like that item description of elizabeth being you know a beautiful woman like and she's a giant <laughs> mushroom <laughs> like that's a I, I love those kind of things i love it when they can actually make humor work in these games because usually it's yeah it's, it's pretty good the, when it's done the humor in uh, the souls game is just so precise and so well done it, it it doesn't get enough attention because you have to be you have to be so subtle and so careful because otherwise you might just destroy the whole tone of the you know the games so yeah that was my experience with demon souls uh even though I did have a lot of uh, challenge, and I did, was still intimidated by the game. I pushed through to the end, and I remember, like before I, before I ascended, uh, descended, with uh, what's the maiden's name? The maiden in black. Estrella. Oh, yeah, that maiden. Yeah, maiden in black. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I remember before descending with her to speak to the old one. I remember really over preparing to like for a big final fight, and in the end, I went with like the the uh the like the ending where you don't want to fight anyone except for the king 
and he's just a bunch of sludge, so it wasn't really. It's not really much, much of, of a fight. fight. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I spent like, I probably spent like a couple hours preparing and trying to level up my levels, like my weapons max. So it's like, oh, it, it was a very interesting uh, anti-climax. I'm pretty sure a lot of people got out of uh, uh, Dark Souls and mm-hmm. uh, fighting Lord Gr- Gwyn. Sure. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Did you, yeah. um, like, because usually what happens, and what happened to me, like, I finished Dark Souls 1, that was that was my first game, and then I was, like, immediately obsessed. Did you, like, were you run into Dark Souls at that point, since you knew it was already out, or were you, um, like... I, I knew it was out, and I was planning on getting it, but it took a little while to just, like, you know, dwell on things, just uh, relax and wait a little bit, because, um... I probably wasn't right in the mood to play another one of those games so quickly. So I just kind of uh, stuck back and I waited a little bit. Uh, I waited a little bit. I know that I got the Dark Souls like uh, Greatest Hits version, so I don't know how. I don't know when that was released and how late I waited until I finally picked up Dark Souls. Oh. That would be because um, the Atorius of the Abyss of Edition came out like late 2012, about a year after the release, and uh, I think it was not long after that that they did like the, I don't know about the greatest hits version, but like the they did a physical version that like came with the DLC and everything. But I don't I don't know mm. when they came out that it was shortly after that if I, if I remember right, but I'm not 100 percent on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, it took me a while to get to it, but uh, I was really excited when I finally went to like the EB Games and picked it up because uh, I've heard it was even better than the Demon Souls, and I'm thinking, well, that's kind of impossible. What could be better than Demon Souls? <laughs> so you were pretty high on the game like when you finished it then? like Oh, yeah, definitely. I was like, oh, my God, I cannot believe how great this game was. Were, and, you, were you, like, advocating it to everybody that you knew? <laughs> like, you got to play this game. you got to play this game. Uh, not really, because I also recognize that, like, it's not really the kind of game... Like, it felt really niche, and it felt like the kind of game that, like, only I would like. And the people who I would like, um... The people who I knew who would have liked Demon Souls had already, like, played it, or just couldn't play it because lack of, uh... PS3, you know. They they played Dark Souls though. Yeah, yeah. So you had you had kind of had a crew around you when you started Dark Souls. Uh, sort of. I didn't really go to the like. I didn't talk about it with my friends so much because, um, basically it was that rule that I set in that I didn't want any help. I didn't want to check a guide, and I kind of didn't want to, like, go for friends for help. I don't think I even got like any hints about it. Mm-hmm. It was a completely like insular experience. Okay, so you just did you have online functionality for Dark Souls? You mentioned that you didn't for Demons. Uh, actually, no, I didn't even have an online functionality for Dark Souls either. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until like, uh, well, it took a long time before I got online functionality. I know I played Demon Souls, Dark Souls, and Dark Souls Two without online functionality. At least a couple times. I think it was after I bought the Scholar of the First Sin for the PS3 that I finally got online functionality, and that was a lot. That was a while later, as you can imagine. Yeah, yeah, it was like the next year. 
Well, what did you think of yeah. uh, when you finally started Dark Souls? What did you think of it? Like comparing the intro, like the first couple of hours of Demons to the first couple of hours is dark. Like Oh, like it was a lot. I, I'm really glad that I played Demon Souls before I played Dark Souls because although I think Dark Souls is probably the harder game, I uh, I had all that Demon Souls DNA in me and it was probably a lot easier experience than Demon Souls, even if it was still very challenging. Yeah. Uh, like uh, like a lot of people, I uh, at the start at Firelink Shrine, I went down to the graveyard of the skeletons instead of up towards the undead... Uh, undead berg and you know <laughs> bang my head up against that wall for a good long while before i started thinking you know this game's hard but it's not that hard what's going on here and i think i did a little bit more exploring around and found that like aqueduct that leads into undead berg <laughs> like it just like it goes to show that even a guy who had like a background in the other souls game could get uh confused by that opening that a lot of people did mm-hmm. yeah so one thing that i noticed right away about demon souls is that it had like uh going back to the sense of humor getting progressively more uh uh blunt and with progressive souls games i th- like i remember the first time meeting sigmire or wait yeah sigmire mm-hmm. sigmire in front of sen's fortress and he's just sitting there hmm <laughs> and it's like I'm not gonna like I have to find that funny. That has to be like that had to be like some sort of comedy, like well, um. So that was really like cool of that game that it was just a little bit funnier than Demon Souls. Sure, I really yeah. appreciate. It. Yeah, like the, the, all of the and NPCs kind of have like a little bit of like Solaire is a bit happy. Like everybody's a little bit happier when you meet them in in Dark compared to Demons. Like yeah, that's true. Like everyone's kind of cheerful, like, and then they just steadily get either crazy or dead throughout the rest <laughs> of the game. Yeah. Um, so, what kind of a like when you started Dark? That by this point you kind of you said you said you had demons under your belt. Like, were you going for a specific build this go around? Like, do you think did you think to yourself, I'm going to try to find like the biggest heaviest sword, or like the I'm going to try to find the magic thing, or were you just kind of going in again and again trying to be that jackass of all trades that I mentioned earlier? Uh, I had a little bit more of an idea. I wanted to do like a like a a melee weapon and a shield. I'm a halberd kind of guy, so basically for the first couple hours of Dark Souls, I'm thinking, okay, where's a halberd? I need a halberd. And then when I found a halberd, I was happy, and I used it for most of the game. Um. Yeah. I th- um. I didn't really experiment with like miracles or magic, but I did play around with pyromancy a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the. I had a lot of good times with Iron Flesh. That allowed me to cheese a whole lot of bosses and scenarios. Because, like, that uh, Iron Flesh increases your defenses to most things, and it makes it so your poise is through the roof. So you're just. You know, you, you go into a fight with a, a boss and just put it on and you just whack away and hopefully before the iron flesh wears off. And <laughs> I even like even Gwyn, I did like I did that strategy with Gwyn and I beat him pretty easily. Yeah. Well, that's cool. 
So did you, yeah. I mean, did, like, what was your most, um, like, what do you think was, was the most difficult part of Dark Souls coming from demons, like, that you had? Like, what, uh, was the, what was the area or the boss that you struggled with the most? I actually, okay, here's where my uh, inability to check guide, a check a guide got really uh, kind of stupid, because in the depths, I tangoed with some uh, basilisks, and I ended up getting, uh, I ended up getting cursed, and I have no idea how to like fix this, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I ended up restarting. I was so stubborn about not checking the guide, I just restart my game. Sure. And yeah. and like the second time I played through the depths, I'm thinking, okay, I wish I could have a cyanide pill. I would rather die than get cursed. So I wish I could just like. <laughs> a cyanide pill and avoid that completely but i got through the depths all right i don't think i had much of a problem with curse anymore or at least i think i found an item that cured like cures curse so it's like okay that's how you do it because i could i never found that one guy that can heal your curse and i didn't find a place where you could buy those curse healing items mm-hmm. so i had to restart other than that like guess what uh, the Anor Londo archers were a big wall for me. Yeah, I, not surprising. I had a lot of problem with them, and it wasn't until I got the idea of like uh, shoot, like I, um, I had a, I had a halberd and a shield, but I also had a bow, and I just shot them with arrows and went on by, and uh, when I found the bonfire, right on the other side, I was so happy. Uh, like that's a really good moment where you just like you overcome something that's so crazy hard and you just find that sanctuary, that safety. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, of course, right after that is Ornstein and Smo. Uh, another big challenging moment for me. Um, but did you not? Um, like, at this point, you're still not like summoning anybody because that's a pretty common boss to. Or excuse me, that's a that's a boss that most people a lot of times will summon on just because it's you know a two v one situation and it's kind of built around having a co op partner. Well, the thing is, is that uh, it's not like when they're like two people is when it's hard for me. It's when it's like that one powered up character that you have to fight. That's when it's really uh, difficult. But eventually, I learned the idea of like using those pillars for your advantage and how to like uh, which attacks you'll have to dodge and which attacks will like be absorbed into the pillar mm-hmm. so eventually I got uh, I got you know the info I needed and got smart about it and I beat them oh, there um, you go <laughs> that works <laughs> yeah. what do you think yeah. you're um, like what, how long do you think you took compared to demons to beat Dark Souls 1 uh, probably around the same time, but it definitely felt like a more uh, an easier time. I remember for a little while I was stuck in uh, where was it? The painting of Arimas, Arimias, mm-hmm. because like uh, there's that like a one lever you have to pull in the basement with all those bone wheels. Oh yeah, yeah. And I missed it. I was stuck there for a couple days actually. Just, oh no. <laughs> yeah. That sucks. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. yeah, that's not a very fun one. Have you, um, have, what's your, uh, probably, this is one of the questions that, like, a real interviewer would have probably, like, prepared for <laughs> beforehand before you got on the microphone, but, um, have you finished all of the Souls games at this point? Did you? Uh, yeah. 
Uh, Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Dark Souls Two, Bloodborne, and Dark Souls Three. So you're you're fully caught up with the entire series then? Uh, pretty much. I don't think I did the DLC for Dark Souls, mm-hmm. and I didn't do a lot of the Chalice dungeons for Bloodborne. But for the most part, I've done most of the content for all five games. Well, this is the um, I don't know if you know this, but this is the Chalice Dungeon Appreciation Podcast. So we're gonna have to rectify <laughs> that real quick. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I I don't loathe the Chalice Dungeons, but I don't like them too much either. Yeah, uh, that's fair. I mean, they're if you want to. F- yeah, I've, I've I mean, like it's they're they're very flawed things. Like I, I like the basic idea, and I think that there's some value in it. But like, not a lot of people agree with me. So I'm used to being on the wrong side of that argument. <clears throat> well. Like, I can see the enjoyment in them. Like, I found them very useful if you're going to fast forward to Bloodborne Top, but I, I found them pretty useful when I wanted to get a lot of Blood Echoes pretty quickly. I remember, like, uh, I was having a problem and I, like, I was stuck up against a boss, can't remember which one, but I used up all my, uh, blood, uh, all my vials, my blood vials. I went into, like, the Chalice Dungeons a little bit, made some progress in them, and I I just like took a hundred thousand blood echoes and just bought a whole bunch of them. And I think that lasted me the rest of the game because I was already kind of at the end of the game. I think I only had a, the Nightmare of Mensis to complete yet, and mm-hmm. I was working on the DLC. And uh, yeah, uh, if we could go back to Dark Souls two, sure, yeah, we can I jump wherever yeah, we want to. Yeah, I was just so kind of like, getting an idea what where you were in the game, so go ahead. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, so I beat Dark Souls, and I I think I liked it more than Demon's Souls, but looking back, I think that Demon's Souls might be more of a favorite game for me, because it was such a... It was such like an... Uh, it was so new to me to like beat a game that hard and like really stick with it, and because it was like my first Souls game, it was probably a lot more meaningful for me, even though I could recognize how quality of a title Dark Souls was. So it's kind of like, I kind of love them both at the same level. And that's a whole lot. Um, so moving on to Dark Souls 2, I actually waited a while before I picked it up because I was kind of waiting for it to go like on a Greatest Hits collection so I could, so I could, I could pick it up for cheap. Mm-hmm. I eventually just kind of uh, caved and bought it full price, but that's not really a bad thing for to support like a developer that makes exceptional games uh i also like i was told by a couple of friends that it was like a garbage game that it was like (laughs) a bad game which i think is some like insane amount of hyperbole because the first time i played it i came off of it and it didn't leave much of an impression but to say that game's like bad just like it's you'd have to ignore a larger scale of games and quality (laughs) sure yeah absolutely I mean, people that that the whole Dark Souls Two is bad argument like comes from a couple of different things, and like even amongst like reasonable people, like it's usually not their favorite Souls game um, for a variety of reasons. And I, I'm kind of in that camp too. Like, there's some things about Dark Souls Two that I don't like, but to say that it's yeah. a garbage game is just a, like it's just a mind-boggling thing to say. Like, it's just a ridiculous thing to say. Like, have you not played yeah. any other video games ever? <laughs> like, <laughs> like dog, just go play Knack for like ten minutes. Like, that's not a garbage game either, but it's better than that, and it's not. Ugh. So frustrating when I hear that stuff. Yeah. 
Um, so, like, I think uh, I think the reason why I was so cold on it when I finished it was because, uh, like, I didn't have a lot of problems with it. And for me, like, uh, like challenge in video games is so important to me. It really, like, uh, it really kind of chisels out meaning for me in the way I play games. So when a game's not too challenging, usually it will have less of an effect and it'll be less impressionable. So um, being that it was a lot easier for me and I was kind of steamrolling through the game, it it didn't leave much of a... It wasn't as memorable as the first two games. And uh, there's also a, an issue about, like, the level design of Dark Souls 2 being um, definitely a step down from the other two games. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot more straightforward. It's You don't really get to know the geometry as well in most places, so... Uh, a lot of forgettable locations. Although, like, in the end, I uh, I do like Dark Souls 2 a lot, and I have I probably played it the most out of all of them. Really? Yeah, because, uh, I pr- like, I know I put in about three playthroughs of Dark Souls 1 and two playthroughs of Demon's Souls. Dark Souls 2 I probably put in, like, about four, 4.5, because I actually quit one halfway through. Yeah. Um, yeah. The first time, like, uh, first time I played uh, Dark Souls two, I played like the other games, so Halberd, Halberd and Shield. Not really doing anything with Pyromancy this time around. Really just using the Halberd, Shield, Bow, and maybe like a smaller weapon that's mm-hmm. a little bit more quicker. And yeah, I had a good time with it. Now. I don't remember when I finished it, but I remember that it would be a while before I'd get Bloodborne. So after that, I actually replay the the Ola Dark Soul, uh, Ola Souls games, mm-hmm. and uh, a magic build. And it's actually kind of weird because usually when I play games that, where you can have your own builds and stuff, I'll likely just uh, I'll just uh, uh, do like I'll. Every time I play it, I'll play the same build. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, even yeah, if yeah. I can... Pl- you, something you're comfortable with. Yeah. Because so, I just want to, like, if I'm playing, like, a shooty game... Like, if I'm playing Fallout, I will probably play a sniper character. Like, even if I go back to Fallout 2 now, I'll probably just play the same build I always have. But with the Souls games, like, it just it's something about it that just makes me want to try different things. Uh, like I went back and played them all, and I tried a magic build for each of them, and I really enjoyed it, because like it, it still has a physicality, that like really earthy physicality, even when you're just moving around. That's so engaging. So uh, that's something that's really special for me about the Soul series is that it encourages me to experiment with builds and the kind of characters I play. So it sounds like you're the type of player that really is into the Souls games more based on the uh, actual mechanics of the gameplay rather than like the lore or the story. Because I haven't well, heard you I haven't heard you really talk much about the the storyline or anything. Like, oh, like I really dig the stories in the Souls games. Uh, it's really hard for me to like pay attention to the story the first time around. Like I can't really go into like item descriptions and like put pieces together because that's just not what I like to do the first time around when I play a game 
And that's kind of why I really like the Dark Souls and Demon Souls games, because even though if you're not paying attention, you still get something of a plot. Like, I didn't, I didn't like read into any of the lore and get like a lot of ulterior backstory to the characters of uh, Dark Souls, but I understood that when I was going through the game, I was beating these four gods and then relighting the fire to continue this uh, age of uh, fire. And that was a good hook for me. Um, when I played Dark Souls 2 and I got to the end and I'm fighting Ashandra, I was like, what the heck is going on? Who is this person? And uh, it was really just kind of uh, weird for me. That's partly why I came off of that game cold, because the final boss was so strange. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I definitely dig the lore of Dark Souls. It's definitely something that I engage in and like to read up on. And I know you from the the duck feed Slack. Like, where, where in this process? And I, I know we're kind of skipping around a bit, and I'm that's kind of the way I do this. I'm sorry, but uh, that's that's cool. Like, where in this process did you pit, start looking for like Dark Souls podcast, or were you like already kind of oh. clued into Gary, Gary and Cole stuff? So just like when they started up, you just went right along with yeah. Uh, I think it was about uh, the spring of 2014 when I started again to video game podcasts, and the first podcast I picked up was a Watch for Fireballs. Okay, and uh, well, that's a good one to start after with. After I was done, yeah, I was uh, binging a bunch of podcasts at the time, and eventually I made my way to a bonfireside chat, and I got like, and uh, I binged on the Dark Souls season, the Demon Souls season, and I think after that, I think uh, I started listening to that podcast when uh, Dark Souls Two was going on. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, so that's just like when I entered the community. I entered okay. through Watch Out for Fireballs. Yeah. Were you um like kind of in between all of this stuff? Are you like looking up Vadi video videos on YouTube? Like, are you looking? Are you subscribing to Epic Name Bro? Like, are you into that kind of scene? Like the online scene, like that online community that Souls I, Games could create. I don't subscribe. I don't subscribe to anyone, but like I do occasionally read lore videos especially when it's something that i uh i'm really interested in like what was the backstory with uh andre the blacksmith and why does his uh statue appear in the painting of our mars mm-hmm. our yeah your, your guess is yeah. as good as mine <laughs> don't don't feel bad that's why I, I think that's why everybody always refers to it as the painted world it's because nobody wants to try to like say aramaeus or whatever it is so don't feel bad yeah, so um, that uh, that was okay. So, you, so, so you played Souls, uh, you played Dark Souls two. I'm guessing on, again on your PS3 at that point. Yeah, I was playing again on PS3, and uh, after buying the Scholar, the first Sin version for the PS3, that's the first time I had like an online connection mm-hmm. for a Souls game. So it's really cool that I'm like experiencing this for the first time, looking at notes, upvoting notes. Uh, and definitely playing the Scholar of First Sin version of that game really kind of like I I fell in love with Dark Souls 2 at that point because I uh, I, you get, I did the stuff with Aldia and I got that ending with him try, and uh, him and you know trying to break the cycle mm-hmm. and that's that's I like it I really kind of understood why Dark Souls 2 works as a sequel so good because. Um, 
compared to like Dark Souls 3, Dark Souls 2, it respects the player in a way that's like kind of antagonistic. Dark Souls 3 likes to throw all these uh, callbacks to Dark Souls back at you, but Dark Souls 2 kind of treats uh, um, the Dark Souls 1 lore with a kind of ignorance that I think is very fitting for the setting of you know the games. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I, I, I agree. Like the, I think Dark Souls 1 and 2 both like don't seem to concern themselves with what the player is doing or knows or anything, whereas Dark Souls 3 is very much like... I kind of feel like at certain times it almost like winks at the player. Like, yeah, oh, hey, I don't, I, hey, hey, and hey, I'm one of those people hey. that really, I'm I'm one of those people that really hated it. And I really did, like right away, I knew something was off because, like, you like right out of the gate you're in like Firelink Shrine. It doesn't look like the shrine. Andre's there. I have no idea why. <laughs> it was really off-putting. I. And uh, in the end, I kind of had the same experience with uh, Dark Souls 2 the first time I played it, where like I played through it and I'm enjoying it, but once I'm done, I don't have much of an impression of it. It was just like it was an experience. Yeah. But even though... like. Like I, I, I'm kind of with you on some of the callback stuff. Not like they don't really annoy me. Like there's some that I don't really like that much. But um, like there's, I still think like that's probably the best mechanically playing Souls game that they've made so far. Yeah, like, with, with it's, it's right up there like, with Bloodborne. Is like feels just amazing in the hands. Yeah, that's true. I, it's probably like the game I've played most frequently since its release because, uh. It's only been out for like about half a year ish, and it played so that definitely puts it ahead and uh, puts it ahead of other Souls games. Has it already been half a year? It came out in uh, I don't know March or April. Uh, maybe a quarter year. Man, okay, you're making well, me, you're making me feel old. <laughs> it's only been six months. <laughs> Where did my time oh, go? Oh, sorry. That's why am I forty years old? Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, well, um, anyway, uh, like uh, backing off, back in backtracking to Bloodborne. Uh, it was the it was the reason why I got a PS4. I really wanted to play it. I was so excited, just like waiting for this game to be mine. Uh, it was the first time in a long time where I had that experience of like just like just thirsty for Bloodborne. Sure. Yeah, thirsty for a new game. Yeah, and, and on, uh, on a new system, on a new console from a you know yeah. from a from a from a console developer that like. Not a console developer, excuse me, from a game developer that you, you know, have played some like three amazing games from. Like I, I bet you were just like, just like me. Like I was just excited as hell. Like I was all into it. Like I was. Now, now it took me a while to like get a hold of a PS4, so I kind of knew about some of the plot twists in Bloodborne, like how it turns into a Lovecraftian story, mm-hmm. which I'm I'm down for, because I, uh, although I never like read any Lovecraft. I am a fan of Lovecraftian horror. Okay. And I like it when I can get it. So, uh, I'm really enjoying, like, the Victorian setting, too. I'm enjoying the changes. Uh, even though, like, uh, walking around Yarnum is kind of repetitive, it kind of, it kind of, like, uh, enhance experience because it, like, that city feels like a city. It feels like a real location. And I like the change that, like, instead of a, uh, instead of arriving in a place that's already been uh, destroyed, 
-hmm. it's kind of in the first stages of that like people are like partying inside houses people are yelling at you through like uh front doors it was very different and i liked it I, I'm really into Bloodborne. Like I'm, I'm kind of on record as being a, a huge Bloodborne fan. Like the combat speed is is really my thing, and I kind of like you. Like I, I liked seeing a world that was a little bit more populated. Like it wasn't a ghost town. Um, I think yeah. the in, I think the NPCs in that game are kind of weak compared to the other series. But uh, yeah, I can't really recall too many NPCs that like. I, I really mean, can't recall any too. Yeah, the, the only interesting all. one is Alfred, and that's just because he's like your Solaris stand-in throughout most of the game, and then he, you know, goes yeah. batshit insane, much much like Solaire did in the in, in the first game. But yeah, um, yeah. Well, so, before we, because uh, we're we're running up on time, but uh, I'd like to get your okay. kind of overall opinion of of Dark Souls Three because we we didn't get quite enough time spent on talking about it. I think are you when you finished that game, even with the issues you had with the callbacks and things, were you pretty positive on it? Okay, so um, Dark Souls 3, I had a good time as I played it, but once I finished, I couldn't really say uh, I was excited about it after completing the game. It, it like, uh, And I think it's because the, I guess the lore and the pandering to Dark Souls 1 fans really soured me on it, because that's so uncharacteristic of like the series that it would, you know, wink at you and it just felt kind of weird like i would like that in any i would tolerate that in any other kind of game but for dark souls 3 to do that it was really weird for me i can understand that yeah so are you um like are you still on board enough to like be excited about the two dlc packs that we've got coming yeah i'll definitely check out the dlc day one good deal uh being that uh you know from has such a good uh track record with dlc i'm expecting it to you know, uh, warm me up to Dark Souls three a little bit. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, um, but before we end the podcast, uh, I always like to ask where people would like to see from go in the future. Like, if you kind of pie in the sky, like they could make anything. Is it Dark Souls four? Is it Bloodborne two? Is it you know sci fi Souls? Like, where would you like to see that that company go from here on out? Um, I could dig a Dark Soul. I could dig a. Uh, I could take like a Bloodborne 2 or something like it. I think I would prefer them to just do like a new setting altogether. It doesn't have to be like too divorced from their, you know, their Western fantasy, but I would like them to try something that's maybe, I don't know, like 1940s fantasy, dark fantasy. Sure. Maybe a sci fi story, hmm. dark sci fi. Just something that's, uh, like, it, it doesn't have to be dark. It could be like, Happy, happy souls like light souls. <laughs> light souls. I like that. <laughs> That's pretty good. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and spending the time with me. I really appreciate it. This was kind of yeah. A, it was a good time. It was a good time. Super last minute thing. So I really think thank you for for filling it out. Um, not that the audience really needs to know that, but but again, thank you very much. <laughs> can you uh, tell everybody yeah. where they can find you on the internet? I don't really have much of a presence on the internet yet. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that's going to change because I'm starting to get into game develop, you know, amateur game develop. So hopefully I can, like, uh, make a persona for myself. Okay. Uh, I'm starting to do a little bit of streaming at uh, twitch.tv at doublecakes. Okay. I, oh, I think that's my address. Uh, it's doublecakes on Twitch. I have a Twitter account, doublecakes at whatever, mm -hmm. but I actually don't really use it right now. Okay. 
we'll see what happens in the future. Okay. Well, if any of that changes between now and when this gets released, just let me know and I'll update the notes to make sure everything can be in there. Okay. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find this podcast on Twitter at DGUS Podcast. If you want to send in your soul story and come on the podcast and talk to me about it, send an email to DGUSPodcast at gmail.com. And as always, thank you for listening. If you have a couple of minutes, go you know share the podcast to one of your friends. Go leave me an iTunes review. I don't usually ask for that stuff in the show. I usually ask for it on Twitter. But hey, we'll try something new this time. But again, thank you for listening, and we will see you next episode.